You are listening to the Empowering Indian Expat podcast. If you are an Indian living abroad, feeling stuck in an average 9 to 5 or a job or business that's not helping you reach your full potential, this is the podcast to tune in where you will find your role models and learn from their dream struggle victory stories. This is your host Ehsan Ali, a long-time IT professional living in Sydney, Australia, who has made it his mission to find and unpack the stories, strategies and life lessons of successful and inspiring Indian expats to help you and I reach our full potential. And today is the story of a senior IT executive who left his job to build a SaaS business in cybersecurity. Starting a business in late 40s is no joke. But not only did he succeed in his entrepreneurial venture, he also transformed every area of his life. If the story is inspiring, we are going to learn from him how he developed his runway, how he validated the problem before building the solution, how he managed financials, how he found right mentorship, how he collaborated with experts and clients in building the product and much more. The story of Prabir Saha is on the Empowering Indian Expats podcast. Welcome to the show Prabir. Thank you very much and Ehsan bhai it, it's pleasure always talking to you. Your smile your energy really is so empowering. I am feeling very good. Thank you very much Prabir. So why don't you give a little bit of background on your corporate career? I landed in a cold melbourne morning almost 19 years back in melbourne telemarine airport with a suitcase with a pressure cooker inside the suitcase a leaking dabba of ghee some spices some rice lentils etc because my mom thought that in australia you don't get indian you know groceries so typical you know where we sit on the suitcase and make it tight and then finally lock the vip the two toggle it was so funny and it was cold and i have never felt though i was born in darjeeling i never felt so cold i remember so life started back there in 2002 uh, in a very uh, different manner and for me at that time coming to australia itself it was a big deal luckily i used to work for telstra and thing was okay i had a typical life you know 9 to 9 9 to 9 and offshore call sometimes 9 to 12 midnight 9 to 12 midnight and 9 to 9 thanks god it's friday woohoo and saturday it was like uh, driving the kids to soccer school or a swimming school or in the afternoon main tere ghar mein chala jata hu i go to your home and let's have a chicken biryani and evening you come to our home we'll have chole bhature etc and during uh, that time you know friends get together in the back rampas where we used to decide and discuss on the nuclear disarmament treaty the ctbt pact why america is not doing so much great in economy and why sachin tendulkar could not score the next 100 and that was our typical topic and on sunday morning it was my chore was vacuum and toilet because i think my wife likes my face next to the toilet bowl just kidding <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she used to cook the whole meal and take care of the kids etc and in sunday at around 4 pm it was a perpetual depression that monday is coming i'm not sure how many of you would relate to that life that is the life which i had i completely completely relate to that so you were a programmer i i was a damn good programmer i have worked on mainframes see unix you tell me what not and i think my manager believed that i had certain leadership skills and i quickly moved into project management and mental stuff so 
Now, that typically, you know, weekend to weekend life and the twist came in 2008, 11th of November to be precise. How do you remember the date? That was a turning point of my life. How I can forget that? I had, because at that point of my life, I was as very big in size. I was hyper obese. I was stretching almost 120, 125 kilos in weight, high blood pressure, eye issues. And the other thing was I did not have good with food and etc. And I had a high hypertension. And the work which we used to do was an on-site offshore. Many IT people would know on-site offshore. Of course, I have done that for a long time. It was so difficult that while one day I had developed certain not going in deep, I had developed an ailment for which I had to take shutdown of my life. And during that shutdown period, during that hospital journey, where I was not sure what would happen, and that was a typical journey when, I'm not sure many of you relate or not, hey, what is my life insurance number? Where is my life insurance? Was it, oh, what was that company? What will I do now? And all those things happen. And during that moment inside the Anglis Hospital in Upper Fontrigal in Melbourne, there was something which snapped. I used to steal time from my family because family, though they were there, they were not important. Office is important. And many people, unfortunately, in our society, especially Indian expats, we take family for granted. And I think it's forget about Indian expats. Uh, almost it's rampant everywhere. We take family for granted and we go and over-serve and overdo with our employers. And really, we don't know that we are a temporary cog in the wheel. And the realization came when in that whole episode, I got two thank you cards, a bouquet of flowers, and some people ask me how you are doing. It gives you a realization that in your family picture, if you are suddenly exed out, your office colleagues would not come and take care of your family. And that where the snap happened. And I decided, no, this nine to five business would not work. It has no longevity. And during the time of my recovery, which was health recovery, I started reading books. And the first book I read was Oprah Winfrey's Life Story. If you read that book, her life was more using a non-parliamentary word, shit, than many of ours. But she somehow pulled it up. And that inspired me. And in her book, there was a story of Bill Bartman, whose audios I then sussed it it out on the internet. And I, I listened to it many times. And he's a very big investment banker from our racks to reach a story. It inspired me. What's the name again, Bill? Bartman. Bill Bartman. Okay. Name of the audio was Nine Steps for Achieving Any Goal. Okay. Nine Steps for Achieving Any Goal. And there he talks about something called promise plan. Not a goal, but a promise plan. And he also taught about neuroplasticity, where you can actually, using your focus and determination, you can you can alter an arrangement in your body. You can click some neural synapses. That two things I have picked up. And today also, when I mentor many people, I suggest that audio to be 
listened as many times as possible because that created a neural synapses long story short i started getting voracious into books and i started meeting mentor i believe that all professionals have mentors and coaches and amateurs do not and i i thought i was a professional but i was an amateur because i didn't have a mentor then there's a there is a kahavat in hindi or a saying is uh, your association builds you or jaisi sangat waisi rangat and sangat doesn't mean friendship Dosti means friendship. Sangat means association. Two different words. And like, as I said, uh, if you have very high focus and high attention, you would understand the difference between the two. I did not alter my friendships, but I altered my associations, which is Sangat. The moment I started bringing those people in my life whose life inspired me and whose fruits I would like to have in my tree, I started doing. emulating so what kind of association you bring in in your life and how did you go about it say if i'm an it professional uh, working in sydney 95 i go home in the evening and your routine that you explained that's what i would do so i have a certain uh, set of people that i associate with now you are saying once you realize you started to associate with different set of people if you if you look up meetup.com forward slash transformation plus that was the first beginning of that journey i created a group called entrepreneurship uh, mindset and networking group today it has over 5000 plus members there i met lot of very successful entrepreneurs some of them are indian experts some of them are authors uh, motivators uh, bankers etc i started hiring a small hall in ross house near flinders street station in melbourne i started it in a cafe and then slowly it grew 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 and that introduced me into the world of neuro linguistic programming and i did my life masters and other and during that journey you know in daytime i was typically yes boss or uh, yes boss yes boss yes boss that thing but evening it was like a typical superman story right it's a in the daytime i had that glasses i actually used to wear specs when i come out i am totally a different person as if i had a dual personality and that life slowly started inspiring me and pulling me into those caveats which i have never experienced before those connections etc now i registered my company on 17th of december 2008 and to tell you frankly i did not have guts to pursue it was mostly fear everybody has fear and most of the fear comes from what if kaam nahi kiya to kya and mortgages etc we have so much attachment to things what if if it doesn't work now that what if story was with me also absolutely so it was like this you know the plane is to go up again come down hit the runway okay job is okay fine i go back to job but from then i moved to sydney i'm still in job but 2013 when i took the job with a very big telecom company here and i started with a 34 people team and i grew that team to 542 fts to be precise so i had a opportunity to serve 542 people in our team i experienced it was my volition i took that job with only one focus one mission my corporate goals were different but i had only one mission that this particular experience will help me to scale if i can do this here i can do this outside so that was what you call proof of concept 
my pay structure was such that it was more coming out of commission. It was not a salary that I negotiated with. I took a mentorship with Robert Kiyosaki during that time, 2009. It was a one-year rich-dad program, which is called Insiders Group, invested money on my brain. And I started like the beautiful library you have that tells me, son, you are on a different journey because that is where is your asset, which is just behind your seat, right? Many people read. Reading will not help you. Studying it will help you. Studying, yeah. Read and study are two different words in English, two different words and has two different outcomes. So if you study the book instead of read, then the magic will start. Now, Esan, very interestingly, from 2016 and that time, I all my job was to, I ramped up such a big team, then my job was to fire people. That was the cog of the will, which when tweaked, I decided to make a change. I said, my job is not to fire people. My job is to give more employment to people. And I'm firing people because I have to align to certain CFOs direction of bringing the cost down, bringing hyper automation, etc. And we have started treating people like rows in an Excel sheet. And I believe, I'm sure... I'm also a row in somebody's Excel sheet and I cannot let 2008 repeat again. And I was around end of 2015, 2016. That time, something happened. If not now, when? If not me, who? I started building a runway. And this is, I'm not giving you a dream. I'm giving you a plan. Building a runway will be very important. I, I bought my family, my elder son, my younger son. I had, first time in my life, I had a family meeting. I said, look, this ain't going any further. I have decided to leave the job by this year. I was very highly ambitious. I thought 2017, but I end up pulling the plug in 2018, mid of 2018. Between 2016 and 2018, I became one of the most Frugal, you cannot call me conjuice. Conjuice is miser, frugal is very different thing. Frugal, I somehow, me as a family, we started existing within 30 to 35% of our income. Everything else which are non-essential, we cut it. So you have to sometimes play a role in your entrepreneurship to first create that Thing so that when your wife or your partner starts looking at it, that this guy means what he says, you start creating a saving potential, a small, 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 small saving potential. Now, compound interest, everybody likes it, banks likes it. I also liked it. So this small, 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 it started showing me a number which, and everybody has a fear of mortgage, right? What happens? How will I? And I had this genuine fear on God, but that. That compounding helped. So from 2016 to 2017, almost close to the end, around October, November, I started building the runway. Then this is what I did. Many people, what is the saving interest in the bank, SR? It's 1.8%, 2%. One of my mentors said, the best investment is always in people. If you can invest in people, right? Many people would say, land, I beg to differ. If you invest in good people, 
will end up owning other assets also and i took it at heart i invested in two guys i employed two guys to start working on an idea in the back side of my melbourne home the job no not yet but you hired two guys yeah from uni and i started training them got the right thing and we started building it that went till february can i can i ask you a quick question here so it kind of went fast in my mind so you were contemplating quitting and starting something on your own you started to save became frugal and now comes the part of what do i do you know what do i do i build something i you know start something so if you can share that part like you would not suddenly went and hired to no, no, no. Uh, yes you were right because as i said my sangat changed so because if you are sang if you hang out with lawyers asan bhai you will talk like a lawyer eventually in seven months time yeah if you talk to it entrepreneurs and people who have scaled exited or built a large corporate i'm talking to them they are now in my association i have understood one thing if you sell services everybody thinks of i will become another guy who will uh, become a recruiter okay i will uh, buy at low sell at high yeah Asan bhai it doesn't require a brain of rocket scientist if there are two shops in your locality and both sell coke okay the only difference would be the price or the kind of goodwill you have with that that's right right now i understood being in service industry myself i'm talking about people who aspire to become an entrepreneur in software area i understood service has a low leverage but product has a very high leverage and i started hanging out with people who have created products i see software products i go to meet up i meet people i hang out with them in linkedin i go to webinar podcast you name it and there i i read that book lean capital by eric niles i would request everybody who is in entrepreneur journey to read it eric niles called the uh, lean startup that propelled me how to find out a problem in the market and validate it i thought i found a problem i made my mistake i got two guys and i started investing they built a product called little mata but it did not fly up during that time my head earlier was a very solution centric head all software driven people or who are in it diaspora or any people doesn't matter whether you are civil engineer or a electrical or a software engineer we are very trained to give solutions but as an entrepreneur you have to retrain i repeat the word retrain your mind to become very problem focused because if you are a good solution giver you will be hired by the person who owns the problem that what my mentor said so what i did asan bhai i became the person who owns the problem and i figured out who can find the solution for me and that point of time long story short in canberra actually in governor house I, i was invited in one of the event went to the governor house and then i met certain people and i saw one of the presentation where they're talking about cyber security believe me i don't know cyber security that well at that point of time now it is different 
I think it was the head of innovation of Oracle who was giving that presentation. I said, these people, when they're talking about this, that means it's already validated. I took that problem and I dated with many people. I use the word dated because everybody understands dating. I dated with many people who are in the domain of cybersecurity. And finally, I found a co-founder. After unsuccessful dates for a few times, I found a co-founder. I just stayed with the problem. Then we validated the problem with almost 52 CISOs. The chief security officers. So you hired two guys to build Little Mata, which I believe was in retail retail industry. Right. Yeah. So you were automating uh, some part of... uh, Supply chain. Supply chain. And uh, that didn't work out. So you were still paying these interns. Then you, through your network, you met some people in Canberra where you heard people already accomplished talking about uh, problems in cybersecurity you realize this is a validated problem so then you started to date many people in cybersecurity space you've already left jobs how many months by now i left in june so how many months until now from that moment which is when i hired the two guy it was october i had october november december three months and january february march april may june Nine months. So you have left your job. It's been nine months. No cash flow. And you have already built a good runway. So you do have some saving. Yes. Uh, So you were not worried about cash flow because you had a good amount of saving. Yeah. And I will not shy to tell you that there were difficult junctures in my life. I had to do certain odd jobs just to make sure I... It's not that I didn't have money, but I decided I will not touch the money of the salary of those people. I did some odd jobs like, you know, driving uh, taxis, etc. for a short period of time to make sure that my expenses are covered. And there are certain aspects, as why I used to drive to Melbourne many times to meet customers. I used to sleep in the boot of my car, not in the hotel, boot of the car. And I had a fluorescent jacket, which I used to go and BP, pay $2 and take shower there, go and meet customer using suit and ties. If you look at my car till today, there are three sets of suit and ties, my whole PJ, everything. My car is like a home. Okay. And I could sleep in the boot of my car, holding the rear seats. It's like a good bed. And it's very cost effective. And I had done that thing. Many people, the reason they don't make it is they don't know how to pay the price. What was driving you? So yeah, you figured out cybersecurity is the space. You want to do something in there. You had you didn't really have any product idea at that time. You kind of started to go deep in thinking the problem. But you had no clue how you would solve or what will you solve and who's going to be customer and all. So you were still dating to trying to find out. Were you not scared? Like, am I on right track? Will I be able to make it? Because developing the SaaS product and uh, you know making it usable and making profit, and it's a long-term game. And uh, you left your job. You were aware of these things, that I'm in a long-term game and I may or may not succeed. So I started a service part, consulting. I see. Okay. Product part. Now, okay. what we did amount of scaredness slowly started decreasing as we started validating the problem. We made a list. It took us six months, 52 sizes we interviewed. 
out of which 48 gave the interview, out of which 16 said, yes, it's amazing problem. And if you solve it, 16 said, we'll buy the solution out of which three did. Awesome. It's still a very good number. So as you validate the problem, if you read Lean uh, Capital, he talks about the word validated problem. If you validate the problem, your scare level will go down. So how long did it take from the time you started to look into cybersecurity to finding your co-founder and validating that this is the right problem to solve? Seven months. Seven months. I'm not sure how many people can withstand that. But understand one thing. I had many days I was this close in losing my house. Uh, You mean uh, the mortgage payment? Yes. But understand, God plus you equal to majority. (laughs) That's good. I I am telling you, I'm not so much religious, but I'm very spiritual. There's a book called Power of Now. It's actually a spiritual book. I sometimes I not, I was so stuck. As if a divine hand came out and gave me a small twist of idea, I took the next step. I did not see the end of the journey. I'll not lie to you. I just saw the next step. I see. So if I understand right, on one side, of course, there was a fear of not having income. Did you ever feel like you may have to go back to a job or you never thought about it? I made a promise. If I have to live in this planet, I'll not go. Okay. So you were determined. So you know, Absolutely. Because I can again drive Uber and I can survive, but I'll not work for a boss. Do do you feel it's important uh, because if you're not fully decided, then chances are anything goes wrong, you'll say, oh, maybe I should look for a job. You have to burn your bridges. Burn your bridges. So I got that point. So (laughs) I'm absolutely, absolutely clear with that. So we were determined, whatever it takes. And that's important. And that's why the whole uh, creativity or extraordinary or celestial power or whatever with you could withdraw or draw in because you were absolutely determined. And uh, you had some saving and you started to build a service part of it that started to create cash flow, which you could potentially reinvest in the salary of product team and things like that. Okay, fantastic. So meanwhile, uh, important part, when my product was just a PPT, not a very big software, which is now, I approached close to 17 to 18 VCs and the way they reject you, some of them are very unkind, some of them are kind. That rejection created a grit in me that one day you guys will chase me. And it started happening. My first customer has come after 42, I measured 42 nodes. So let's uh, delve a little bit uh, deep into the product uh, development part of it. So what does your cybersecurity product uh, does? What is it called? It is called iSecure Cyber. If you go to Google and type or LinkedIn, you type i secure cyber and what does it do 78 percent of the breaches which happens in the world as per carbon black magazine are because of the third party and fourth party breaches so i'll explain you a little bit more let's say today there's a very big bank okay let's say uh, the biggest bank in australia whoever whatever name comes to you cba commonwealth (laughs) bank yes the customers. Okay. So they it's very difficult to breach them. 
they have a lot of cybersecurity people employed, IT infrastructure, security infrastructure, very difficult. CBS, all the hardwares, all the desktop computers, which they still have, is managed by a company called, let's say, Unisys. Okay? Now, Unisys has a small insurance company called XYZ, and that insurance company has a paper supplier called ABC, okay, who prints all their mailers, etc. Yeah. Think of this supply chain. Now, third parties, fourth party, fourth parties, fifth party, like that. In this supply chain, the hackers normally find out which is the lowest entry point in that food chain. Right. Because most of them would start with a small and a medium vendor. Reach there and slowly hop on up till the last game. That's how BNP Paribas was breached. Right. Now we stop that. We have created what is called an automated cyber risk officer. So a small, medium business and a large enterprise without employing or without using high value materials or that is softwares or high value consultants, they can actually create a cyber profile so that they and their customers' customers are protected. If you think of a small and medium business, which more or less many people are supplies to large enterprises like bank, insurance companies, etc., they do not have dedicated IT department. Yeah. Right? So they don't have and they don't pay cyber insurances also. Many people don't, small and medium businesses, but they are supplies to large enterprises, right? Yes. So they're exposed. And possibly they don't mind, they don't have awareness about that exposure itself, unless it is breached. Many people are already breached, but they don't know that they are breached. That's right. So how does your product remove this breach? So So it basically sits in the supply chain. So for example, I'm talking about one of our customers, they are insurance company. They have almost close to 100 odd vendors in Australia and they provide medical insurances. Okay, now they earlier, before our product, what would happen is procurement is onboarding A, B, C, D, but the CISO doesn't have any idea whom they have onboarded, what they are doing from a cyber. So, for example, if you are onboarded somebody, hey, they have offices in this place, Ukraine, they have done this. So, you create a cyber profile. Now, procurement is onboarding, the CISO has no idea. Now, if some breaches happen, then it is CISO's neck online. Would you agree? Yes. Our product, you cannot, it sits directly in that onboarding, like Ariba and other things. It has soft integration with Ariba, SAP, and things like that. So it sits there. The moment you onboard something, it creates, based on the SME knowledge, which is there in our engine, it creates a cyber profile for that. Hey, you are bringing this. So immediately they start tiering the, you know, based on a risk profile, you can tier. It's a tier A, tier B, tier C, tier D. If it is tier A, then we will go for a CPS-234 compliance. Then automatic questionnaires will generate. It will go and shoot email. It will bring awareness into the whole ecosystem. It was not happening earlier. So the, imagine you are CISO. I am a procurement. I have got three, four vendors today onboarded. Would you have any idea whom I have onboarded? No. No. Now, because we are sitting right inside the hub, 
anything I do, it will go for your approval. I get it. Because you have a different dimension in how you see the things. The procurement has a different dimension. Maybe he's only thinking about how to bring the cost down and how to get a good company as a good supplier. But your dimension is a security dimension, which the procurement guy is not trained to do that. Are you getting my point? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it basically removes all the stove pipes or all the silos. And it has dashboards, etc., which are very easy to understand for SISOs and the people who are affected by these cyber controls and things like that. And also the beauty is another beauty which comes out of our product. Very important. Let's say you are a company A, I'm a company B. Both of us use ADP payroll. It's a real name of a company for our payroll activities. For you, you are doing a cyber profiling. You are spending a money to do an ADP payroll cyber profiling risk assessment, etc. I am again doing for the same thing. So when ADP payroll comes into our platform, we do the task once and pass it on to everybody who uses ADP payroll. Your cost of implementation goes down. So sounds very exciting. And I'm pretty sure you would have worked out the value proposition in terms of the manual intervention. 90%. 90%. So that's one. Then the cost effectiveness and the peace of mind side of it. Cyber consultant from big consulting house, they charge around $2,500 per day. That's right. So how is it going in the market? When did you really launch finally? So you started, you uh, left your job in 2018. For the first six, nine months, you tried different things. We did a beta launch, then we did an alpha launch. And then three weeks back, we did our uh, version two go live. So we bought many new features. Now we have AI also inside awesome. that so, so when you when you talk about new feature it is based on the feedback that you are getting from your customers that you have already uh, rolled your product in spot on that what that what a good product company should do our customer gives us the features what they want to see and if you do it enough then your cost of research and development goes down Definitely. I mean, I could have another session with you for uh, people who are really interested in building a SaaS uh, product business because there's a lot inside uh, what you have done. Now you have uh, three customers in Australia. I know you have already started to explore Indian market and few other countries. How many countries you are looking at right now? North Africa to cover France and North Africa. India. One more thing for your viewers. Many of them, they think entrepreneurship is a lone wolf journey. Not really. Entrepreneurship is always a team sport. If you try to do everything yourself, entrepreneurship is not the right trade you should pick up. Definitely. This financial year, you uh, crossed multiple seven-figure revenue without yes. going into the numbers. Yes. With yes. A 40% net margin, which is exciting. In terms of percentage, 80 from services, 20 from product. That's how it is, you know. And soon, if you draw simulated graph, which we do in two to three years' time, it will topple. 80 will become product, 20 will become service, and that's what you want. Definitely. So uh, there's a lot I wanted to know on how do you, you build your service practice and all of those things, but already I've uh, taken a lot of time from you. Yeah. First time I had seen you before you had left. No, after you left the job, I guess. I saw you and I was like, who's this guy? I can't even reach his uh, face because there's so big a belly in between. 
And uh, next time I met you, I couldn't recognize because you had no belly. So you went through a serious transformation. How much weight did you lose? I lost 48 kilos. Some people will uh, find it uh, very cheesy. But I used to wear 44 waist. Now it's 28. 44 to 28. In uh, how many uh, months or year? At least one and a half year. One and a half year. So I see, I've talked to you a lot of time. I have very high respect for uh, your discipline and persistence. I wish I could build those character traits. Uh, of course, I am building. I'm not too bad in there. But the way you have built your business, again, it's a consistency and persistency. Health-wise, you struggled for most of your life. But when you decided, you transformed it. And what you do in your practice, which let me say that you walk 23, 24 kilometers every day, which takes four hours of your time. Five hours. Five, and five and hours of your time. So you you do five hours of walking. Uh, you run a, a, you know, a pretty good product company and there's a service part of it. All of those things are working together complementing one another absolutely see if you don't have any control on the body if you notice we are five layers and if you understand how our bodies are built first of all your body is not you as sunbai you have to detach your body from you mentally so most of the when i refer to this guy it's my body it's not me it's my body now, the moment you detach it, you will start taking it as a tool, which it is a gift of Mother Earth. It is a tool and that tool needs to work in your favor, in, needs to work in favor of your dreams, uh, desires, etc. Most of the people, they don't because they're too much attached to their body. Okay. Now, I am possibly talking 30, 40,000 feet. Many people will say, what is it talking about? But it actually makes sense. I demanded certain amount of performance from my body. I demanded that. And to do that, I had to discipline my body to do certain thing, eat certain thing, wake up certain time. I get up at 2.30 a.m. in the morning. I finish my yoga, etc. By 3.30, 3.45, I finish my breakfast. 3.45 to 4, I start going out. By 9 o'clock, I am back. I have my lunch at 9. You might think, oh, 9 o'clock lunch, is he mad? What a wait, let me finish. And then I start working on my team, my business-related activities, etc. And then by 2.30 p.m., I finish my dinner. Then I don't eat anything, okay? It has given me a powerful surge of energy. And that energy, I command out of my body. And many people said, oh, your knees will melt. Honestly, my knees are very good. And I have such a stamina, you didn't believe so every day, whether it's a rainy day, it's not a good day, or it's a bad mood day, or I had a fight with my wife day, or my kid was not well day, any day doesn't matter, snow, rain, hot, weather, or I've slept late, any day doesn't matter. I do that 21 plus kilometers every day. That amount of that psyche, once that psyche has formed, I got such a power and such that I could do anything. Right. So, In fact, I did want to ask some of these questions on building the uh, mindset and character trait. So what you have done with all the conversation I've had with you, you say it's not so much about talent, Asan. It's uh, uh, one thing you said is get in the surrounding. Just don't keep thinking, get in the right surrounding, build an environment that I got. Second thing is find a problem that's worth solving. Find a problem that's worth solving. Without thinking of the solution. Without thinking of the solution. That's a big problem with our, or any professionals for that matter. And second thing is start to validate the problem with people who actually 
are going to be the consumer of your solution and start building a team. Small tweak in what you have said. I generally validate with the people who have a technical or a functional capability to validate that problem. Okay. And it is affecting their day-to-day life or day-to-day outcome or performance goals, etc. Because they don't have the solution. So this is a pretty straight step-by-step guideline. How do you go about uh, uh, starting a business? And in other uh, industries also may have similar but at least in SaaS area, you have already talked about. Another good thing you did is you started to have a service arm of it that kept feeding your product team. So that worked uh, really well. Uh, I think what is more important for me to understand from you is the all the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. It shakes people up, you know, the emotional ups and downs, family issues, health issues, and all of those things. And every time I talk to you, see, as a son, my North Star is uh, you know extreme discipline, extreme persistence. Is it something you already always had or uh, you kind of started to tell yourself, Prabir, if I have to succeed, I got to be the most disciplined person. I got to be the most persistent uh, person. And eventually you built it up because none of us can say like I'm 10 out of 10 in discipline and persistence. You remember how you have built that up? I, I was wired wrongly. I was very emotional about my goal, emotional about my dream. I had devotion to my goal, very devoted to my goal. Everybody has a dream in life. My mentor taught me, Prabir, everybody has a dream, but people who have a validated plan, I repeat the word validated plan, they will succeed. Rest all will keep on dreaming. Even if I have a plan, Prabir, where I want to call out is the extreme discipline and extreme persistence is definitely required. And that's not something I'm born with. How would you build discipline and persistence? Just doing one thing. Become very devoted to the process. Okay. It's 21 kilometer walking. Most of the people can relate. They would say, they would think that it's not possible. I started with 100 meter, 500 meter, 500 meter. And I have never stopped one single day. How, how do you rewire your mind? Because we miss, we, we are not able to do seven days a week. And you know, the, you've been doing it for one and a half years now, I guess. The, the key is JFT, just for today. I live today, Esam. I don't remember what happened yesterday. And I'm not really thinking about tomorrow. Tomorrow, I may not be alive. Right at this moment, I'm experiencing life with you. My full attention visit with you. I'm not thinking ki kal kya hoga. Most of the people can't do that. They can't live in the moment. Either we are feeding anxiety from the past yeah. or pre-playing our deadly future. Most of the things which you have feared about, Asan, doesn't happen. True. Yeah, so you're talking like Eckhart Tolle and uh, Sadhguru and yes, I got it. I mean, it's easier to listen and say, yeah, I got it, but you know, implementation, is, it. The, implementation is the key. So <laughs> I understand. Now, that's why tomorrow when I get up, tomorrow's walking is not today's decision. Tomorrow I'll take the decision fresh. 
Then what happens is there's something very important with decision-making skills. Most of the people don't know how to make a decision. They make a decision today. And when the parameters, when you take a decision, it is based on certain parameters. It's, let's call it environmental parameters. You may have an euphoria. Ooh, to dunga. Hmm. But tomorrow, let's say you had a fight or boss ne kuch bol diya. Tomorrow, the environmental parameter has changed. So that decision, euphoria doesn't stay. Right. Would you agree? Absolutely. Hardin, every day, you have to take that same decision again. It's called just for today. It is actually taught to Navy SEALs and para commandos. Few only do just for today, just for today. When I get up in the morning, tomorrow, I have not decided to walk. I'll take the decision tomorrow morning when I'll get up. Oh, it's raining. I will walk today. So tomorrow's decision is based on rain. Let's say a few days back, it was almost three degrees when I was walking in Canberra. And it was in a very dark spot. I get up very dark, raining, and I don't know the place also. I took a torchlight, opened Google Map, I said, I will start now. 21 kilometers, I finished. Wow. Got a lot from this conversation, Prabir. Typically, I ask uh, quick questions at the end, like what's one book you would recommend? Would you still say Lean Startup? or uh, Lean Startup is a skill set oriented book. Before that, as you have rightly said in the beginning of this, mindset will karna bahut zaruri hai. I think start reading with Go Giver by Bob Berg. And you are smiling because I personally know you have read Go Giver too, and you are actually a Go Giver as well. Uh, I definitely believe in the philosophy. I would recommend everybody to read Bob Berg's Go Giver. Amazing. You talk about mentors. Of course, you had several mentors. You talked about Robert Kiyosaki. You took up a one year uh, mentorship from him in 2009, is what you mentioned. Apart from Robert Kiyosaki, any mentor that you will mention who has influenced you? Alejandro Cremandos, then Vinod Khosla, Wise. Then there are there are many, and I I ardently f- follow them every day. I listen to podcasts of different founders who have exited or created scaled large SaaS companies, and I have learned so much. Very very simple thing: how to how to convince a customer of giving you a first order. We always talk about million dollar. We started, I started with $10,000 order. Right. One investment or you feel was the best investment in yourself? I have dedicated my time religiously in building my association. Exactly. Most people, they have hesitations meeting new people. I still remember that old guy, Praveer. I used to be very comfortable in meeting people who are below my headspace. I, I felt like a son. Then my mentor, and this credit goes to Sadhguruji especially, it will become a moon, not a sun. Moon is a reflective entity. Moon has a very high gravitational force, as you might know. And moon is also... When you see moon, you feel very loved and cozy, right? Yeah, a lot of poets have written poems on moon. Yeah. So I started hanging out with sun, S-U-N. So I today, whatever light you see in me is because of the shine of my mentors. I'm a moon. I shine in their brightness. Can I repeat? From a billionaire. He's saying, if you are the sharpest guy, 
he'll be hired by a person but if you become a dumb guy who can hire smart people you'll become very wealthy rich and influential so mm-hmm. i consider myself as dumbest guy in my organization that's wonderful i deliberately spend a little bit more time on this because that's so so important i actually feel it realize it that i didn't do it for a long time uh, which i'm definitely doing i'm sitting with you and i'm absorbing so much the whole philosophy of starting this podcast was also the same when i realized i'm not able to have an association where i'm meeting people who are weird of me on daily basis i was constantly thinking how what do i do and suddenly this podcast idea came in my mind i felt so amazing and the best part today is i'm constantly when i'm looking at you i'm seeing the beautiful book rack you have and the kind of knowledge there's a lot of things to learn from you also proof of the pudding is the books which you choose to read and as usual amazing what you are doing and i'm sure many of the experts from asia would take the benefit of what you are doing today god bless you thank you very much prabish thank you for taking your precious time to listen to the empowering in an experts podcast i take this privilege very seriously and hence i would be keen to know what specific problem in business or career you are looking to solve so that i ask those questions to my wonderful guests in upcoming episodes in this episode i believe prabir has shared everything you need to know to start and succeed in a business starting from having a strong enough reason to building the runaway finding the problem worth solving validating the problem creating right associations finding mentors building team to developing product finding clients and scaling up if you are keen to go this path do let me know and i can help you connect with entrepreneurs who are already on this path including prabir himself that's all for now don't miss the next episode in which i speak to another senior it professional who built a service based business in career and executive coaching his story is equally inspiring and bit more scary uh, but full of strategies to fast track and uh, succeed in any initiative